Hello and welcome to this very special episode. We are joined by a South African. Can you believe it? After, geez, it's been it's been it's been a long time. <laughs> so today we are joined by Daniela Mosca, but most of you might know her by the name Psychedilla. So sit back, relax, get comfy. We're about to get into today's episode, and you should know our names by now because we are in season two, and you've had plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Mav, how you been? How's your your weekend? Somebody got the jab recently. Yeah. How are you holding up? Yeah, good. Holding up good. Really looking forward to chatting to Daniela and getting to know everything about her world. Uh, but yeah, doing good. And, and your side, Ash? So, I actually got back from a party today, so I'm just gonna <laughs> say that I made it on time, even though I was a bit late. <laughs> yeah, everything's all good here. And yeah, let's get in today's... I think our burning question for today is (laughs) now there's always a story behind a gamer tag or like an alias and Psychedillo is a very unique and interesting one so Daniela (laughs) this question always comes up it's definitely because it's a unique name but and it's one of those embarrassing things that you deal with because everyone else everyone created their gamer tags when they were like oh the people who still use them when we were like 12. <laughs> this was the same case. I created this <laughs> this gamer tag when I was 12 and I wanted something super unique. I never vibed with the idea of having a bunch of numbers or random symbols at the end of my name. I wanted something that was completely unique. So I went like, hmm, what animal do I really like? An armadillo, don't ask me why. And then I was like, okay, cool. I need a, an adjective for this armadillo. Like, like what sets it apart? And then I was just, for some reason, I was just like, psycho. Psycho armadillo. And then I put the two together and it became psychedillo. <laughs> and I have been stuck with that username since I was 12 and I am now 22. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to put this out there. And I'm going to say that you were a much cooler 12-year-old than I. <laughs> but yeah, psychedillo is um, it's very, very cool. And... I do love uh, a backstory behind something because it adds more character to the name because you see it and oh because you, you see lots of random names but I think South Africans in general they do have the cooler ones so if you're listening from out of country you have every right to be jealous. <laughs> I, I have to say Psycho Amadilla sounds like a comic book <laughs> like a really crazy dark comic <laughs> book that just hasn't been written yet or done yet. <laughs> I'm actually so down for that. <laughs> make it happen that, that that would be so awesome because the name just rings psycho armadillo the anti-hero <laughs> so ash was telling me about when we were planning he was telling me about this meme you shared the pockets meme um ash do you want to maybe elaborate on that because I, I still can't remember it properly but he was telling me about this um this image you shared recently i think yeah so it's uh, it's an image that daniela was tagged in and I think it's the best meme that I've seen this year. Yeah. Uh, so basically, <laughs> when you speak to someone and you compliment them on what they're wearing, so if it's a woman that you're complimenting about the dress, you say that, hey, that's a nice dress. And she says, thank you, it has pockets. And so it's sort of a similar thing. <laughs> and I think that Daniela has the best Wonder Woman cosplay that is out there. And guess what? It has pockets, and yeah, I think that's um, that's very very cool. 
So my question to you is, when did you figure out that you needed pockets on your, your cosplays? And <laughs> is there a story behind this? So <laughs> I think any cosplayer can agree that you pretty much realize that you need pockets on a cosplay as soon as you put on the cosplay and enter into any convention space, any space, because, well, Wonder Woman doesn't exactly carry her phone in her hand. I don't think she even has a phone, to be quite honest. So, <laughs> um, whenever you're in costume, you're like, cool, we got to be the character, we got to embody this character. We've worked so hard on getting these details accurately, and then you're out there holding your wallet in one hand, car keys shoved in that same hand, and then a phone. Um, so, I mean, I could, I could shove whatever items I need just in the costume, but it might be a bit awkward to pull stuff out or it might be a bit hard to keep things in place. So I went, you know what? I want to be building storage into my cosplays. Um, it's not a new concept. I do not claim any, any copyright. Costume makers and prop makers and everything have been building storage into cosplays for decades. And for me, Wonder Woman was something I definitely needed pockets for because, well, she doesn't wear much, so <laughs> there was more way for me to put things and I went, cool. I suppose I could put something in the breastplate, but then that it's not very like family friendly to be sticking my hand down there. Leg pieces, I can't do anything with that. And I went, there is one area of this cosplay that has quite a big surface area, and that is the shield. And I went, cool. What if I just added pockets to it? And I did. And the whole comparison of women wearing dresses with pockets is so accurate because almost everyone that compliments my shield or the costume, I'll say, thanks, it has pockets. And that's exactly where that photo came from. I was working an MSI event and someone was busy taking pictures and they said, oh, it's such a cool shield. It looks so realistic. And I just stuck my arm out and I went, it has pockets. And I just like, almost like a showgirl just went, you know, gestured to it as if I was a magician's assistant. And that picture ended up getting out and now it has circulated twice in the last two years on a cosplay page. It's pretty incredible. I think when I'm listening to that story of you like recollecting this event, I'm thinking about like an RPG character with tons of inventory space and you don't know where the things are but you know that they do have them on them. <laughs> I have a new character that is exactly that actually. <laughs> so you said that this was at an event and I'm sure you've been to plenty. Do you have a favorite moment or favorite memory from one of the events that you cosplayed at? That is a tough one. <laughs> I've been attending conventions since 2012, which isn't as long as some, but I mean, it's quite a, it's quite a while. <laughs> that is quite long. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a collection of lanyards with all of my convention passes hanging up right next to my head. <laughs> Um, but I think, I think for me, my first convention was the Rage mm. Gaming Expo and that will always hold like the most special place in my heart. So most of my like fondest memories come from that convention and it's so hard to pinpoint a really specific one, but I will say that like something I really enjoyed was the time that I worked the Ubisoft stand for the launch of Assassin's Creed Odyssey mm. because that was the first time I was able to, I, I dressed up every year, but that was the first time I was able to kind of fully express my absolute love for video games by actually like being a part of that launch or, you know, people were coming into the stand to play Odyssey and then there I was dressed as one of the characters. And 
I don't know, it was just the perfect like, marriage between gaming and cosplay for me. And being able to just interact with fans was just the most mind-blowing thing for me. So I think, yeah. Also, I got to pretend to stab people the whole day. I <laughs> kick them. So, it was fun. <laughs> you were speaking about dressing up as characters and, you know, to be honest, 2012 is a, is a long time from, from where we are now. But how did you get into the, the cosplay industry? What was that spark that led you here? It was honestly unintentionally. <laughs> so, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've always loved dressing up as a kid. Absolutely loved it. I ran around in costumes my whole childhood. Um, but I used to be super, super shy. Couldn't talk to people, couldn't look anyone in the eye. And going to Rage really opened my eyes up because I saw people dressing up as characters and they were adults. And I thought, oh, adults are allowed to do that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> I saw people asking them for pictures or talking to them and I went like, okay, I like dressing up. I can't talk to people because I have social anxiety, but if I wasn't myself and I was someone else, maybe I could learn to talk to people. So then I was like, cool, let me give this a shot. Let me create, let's make a cosplay. I'd never made a costume in my entire life, ever. <laughs> never attempted it. I went dressed as um, Korra from Avatar The Legend of Korra. And from then on, for some reason, I just became like, it's almost like a more extroverted version of myself just came out of nowhere. And I was able to talk to people, people were asking me for pictures. And I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I could totally see myself doing this. But for some reason, that personality was linked to me being in costume. I was still shy outside of it. But as I continued to cosplay, I've continued to become more confident in speaking to people. And it helped me just get out of my shell. And over time, that personality that I'd created kind of just became the person I am now. So I didn't intend to get as far as I have in cosplay. It was more, it was supposed to be like a temporary, I don't even know, a coping thing. <laughs> but now it's, it's honestly become one of my absolute favorite things to do. So, yeah. That's, that's so interesting to me speaking about the the social aspect of cosplay because when you think gaming you know you think battle royale and you think playing fifa with your friends in the basement and stuff like that but um i never knew till this point that you know being in a costume you know putting on a, a suit will help you be more social at these events and do you think you know after all these years of cosplaying outside of wearing a costume you are now more social because of the you know experience you had and meeting with other people and stuff like that when you had a suit on yeah, 100%. I was always, I was always, you know, loud or quirky or whatever with my friends, but those were people that knew me very intimately. Now I'm able to be like that within five minutes of meeting someone. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's forced interaction because people get excited to see, you know, the physical embodiment of the characters that they love. So people will always want to talk to you, want to take pictures with you. And because you are forced into that environment, you kind of learn to talk to people. You learn to like feel out a crowd, feel out people. And in that, it's been so amazing because I've seen, I've interacted with people that were as shy as I was when I started out. People will be nervous to come talk to me. And in that way, just, just engaging as a character and as someone who knows what it's like to have social anxiety or to struggle to talk to people, I can kind of almost help them and it's just amazing to see whenever people are passionate about something, it shows. They're like completely able to break out of that shell. And it's just, I don't know, it's very therapeutic. <laughs> but it has 100% helped me become the person that I am now. 
I'm curious to find out as well, like you said you were dressing up since you were like a young age. Do you remember the first costume you ever did? The first costume I ever did, it was probably an animal. <laughs> <laughs> was it an armadillo? <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe that's a future cosplay. Maybe I should do a psycho armadillo as just a meme cosplay now that I'm thinking of it. I think you have Nubology's full support if you ever had to go out on your own and create the Psycho Armadillo comic book or animation, you have our full support. And I'm sure everyone who's listening as well wants to see this happen. <laughs> so we're looking forward to it. And you should create a cosplay for it. Okay, now I've dug myself a hole. <laughs> There's no pressure at all. I'm going to end up on the meme page for that reason. Now. I'm, I'm going to end up back on there. <laughs> but yeah, it was probably some sort of animal. And then from then on, I think I was Tinkerbell at a point. I wanted to be Peter Pan. I desperately wanted to be Peter Pan, but that, my brother got that role. I desperately wanted to be Luke Skywalker too. My brother got that role because my mom made us the costumes. But yeah, it was probably nothing exciting, just an animal. I, for one, am very glad that you have become who you are. I know it might sound a bit cliche or weird to say, but I think that the cosplay world and gaming world in general is better off with a psycho armadillo or a psychodillo <laughs> on the scene and yeah i think that the passion behind starting is very important because you didn't start with like the end in mind saying that okay i want to become this very well-known cosplayer no i just i enjoyed doing something and i went out and did it and i do know that eventually you did end up doing some stuff for for Ubisoft? Oh yeah. Okay, wait. So this is a burning question of mine, separate from, from the topic that I was getting into. But how do you pronounce it? Is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? <laughs> I say Ubisoft. I'm not sure if we're correct. <laughs> I've, I've honestly talked to employees at the company and actually no one knows how to pronounce it. I think the correct way is Ubisoft, but none of us like to call it that. <laughs> I, I personally say Ubi or Ubisoft. It feels better to say. I can't. I can't tell you why the other way freaks me out, but it does. Yeah, so I know that you did eventually land a a very interesting and massive role with Ubisoft. Could you please tell us more about that? Okay, <laughs> time to flex a little bit. So um, I, I've done work with Ubisoft twice now for the launch of Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Valhalla last year, and because of the work that I did with them. And because of the, the interviews that I was able to do with, like I did an interview with Raphael Lacoste, the art director for Assassin's Creed, because of the projects and like the passion that I put into the work that I was doing, I was very, very fortunate to have the opportunity to be recognized as the very first Ubisoft star player for the whole of South Africa. We've never had this opportunity before and I'm super grateful for it, like obviously, but they awarded it to me this year, which is super, super exciting. Wow. That's that's amazing and, and congratulations about that. It's so it's so nice to see. Um, have you met anyone else from from Ubisoft or Ubisoft that you want to tell us about? That's pretty cool. Well, I have my one friend at Ubisoft who's also my contact. So I don't know if I necessarily want to say his name. <laughs> so basically, you you know a guy. Basically, you know a guy, and that's the coolest thing I've ever heard on this podcast. I just have to say that you know people at Ubisoft is the coolest thing we've ever heard. <laughs> <A> few people. <laughs> <laughs> 
and technically a few others if we count the star player team but yeah it's it is very cool to say i feel like i don't know i feel like 12 year old me who was playing assassin's creed way back when would definitely freak out at every mention of it you know you you embody these characters in your cosplay and and actually i want to know do you have eagle eye vision that we don't know about <laughs> 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 Definitely not. <laughs> My eyesight isn't bad, but I mean, sometimes people will, let's, let's use a convention, for example, like someone will be on the other side of the convention hall. Granted, there are a lot of people. They could be frantically waving their arms at me and I'll be like, I have no idea who that is. Until they come up and talk to me, I'm like, oh, right, cool. Sorry, I know exactly. I do not have eagle eye vision. Nor a glowing lasso. My lasso is just the standard type. Speaking of, I'm looking at your um, your Zoom profile picture, and I've also seen some of the stuff on on Instagram. And I have to say, it's it's so beautiful the costume that you create. And I'm curious to find out, like, what's the what's the creative process when it comes to this? Like, what's what's the process from thought to execution, and how long does it normally take you to create something like this? Sure, I, I think it definitely for me it depends per person. But for me, I'll be watching something, and people who've watched movies, TV shows, or even like been around me while playing games will know that I become the most annoying person on the face of the floor <laughs> because I'll be watching something, and then I I go into complete focus. I like just lean in, and I'm like, I want to be that person. <laughs> and the rest <laughs> of the movie, you have no idea what's happening because you're just eyeing out. You're like, cool. How does that costume connect to that? What does that piece do? How does that piece connect to that? So I think it, it starts off with some kind of weird like connection or obsession with the character and you go like, that's something that I would like to bring into reality. Uh, and then from then on, I would say it goes into the planning phase, which I'm actually personally horrible at. I don't write anything down. It all stays up in my head. But other than that, you'll go through, you'll look for reference images. You'll look for um, sometimes even just art sketches of the characters, depending on what you're doing. Try find every possible angle of the costume, which is always impossible. And then from there, you start uh, patterning out things. And that is a nightmare of a job <laughs> because every curve is actually a flat piece. And you need to figure out how do I get that flat piece to be a curve somewhere on the costume. And then for me, I specialize in armor. I don't particularly enjoy sewing. So then it will go into the building phase and I usually use EVA foam, which for people who don't know what that is, it's actually yoga mats. All my costumes are made out of yoga mats. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all yoga mats. And it, it, it definitely feels like you're wearing a yoga mat. I'll tell you that much. It gets, it gets quite hot in there, but... <laughs> Even the one for, for Jupiter's Legacy. Okay, well that is sewing, so... Okay. <laughs> parts of it though were definitely made out of that same material i think she has the eagle sitting at the front that crest kind of thing that is awesome yeah i also want to ask and you can debate it with me about this but i've seen wonder women i've seen assassin's creed and then jupiter's legacy how come no marvel cosplay <laughs> i just have to ask i don't have anything against marvel at all actually one of the first <sighs> My first time working with Forum was actually making a Lady Loki costume, which no one has seen. 
<laughs> but I made it for, I think it was a 21st birthday party and it was my first time touching foam. It turned out okay. I just had like one or two photos of it, but as I continued to build, I went, okay, this isn't good enough quality for me to ever wear this out. So no Marvel cosplays aside from that yet. yet. I do, however, want to make a Lady Loki. Even before the whole Loki craze thing happened, been wanting to redo that one, but hopefully in this next year, I'll have a Lady Loki coming out. And then I actually do have a Silk cosplay that I've been meaning to do. So Cindy Moon, I've been meaning to do her for the longest time. I've had the bodysuit, just haven't done anything with it. For your Loki one, would you draw from the series or are you just going to go old school comic? I would say old school comic mixed with the series, mixed with just designs out of my own head. Kind of just see how far you could push. Because for something like that, I would want it to be so intricate. Like if you had to think of like what a Norse god would look like, the, the kind of detailed intricacy in that kind of costume, that's what I would mm. really want to try push. So, yeah. Well, I can't wait to, to see that on your feed sometime soon. Um, but I was thinking, so you were talking about playing Assassin's Creed at an early age. And I have to ask you, how sad or disappointed were you when uh, Desmond's arc came to an end? Desmond's? I was, I was quite upset about it, but for some reason, and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, I just never formed a proper attachment to Desmond himself. No! Oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> oh no. Can I tell you that why I started out playing the games? I love history so much. I'm a huge history mm. nerd. So the idea that the whole, you know, you could be going back and reliving out the memories of your your like ancestors and just playing as a historical, you know, a character that takes place in a historical time. I loved I loved the hell out of that thing. So for me, I was I felt so much more invested in what was happening with Altair, what was happening with Ezio, rather than what was happening in the present time. Every time I went back to the present time, it's like, I don't know, my immersion was just gone. So I wasn't, don't get me wrong, I did, I was upset when Ezio's story came to an end. That was a different story. So, so, so you formed a connection with, obviously, Ezio and we all form connections to amazing game characters and Ash has a huge love for for Kratos uh, and I, I for Joel from The Last of Us but outside of, of Assassin's Creed is there another character or game you played where you felt a connection to? Oh absolutely absolutely Red Dead Redemption 2 Arthur Morgan nice. Arthur Morgan <laughs> messed me up big time <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Arthur Morgan simp I will just say it straight that is the way it is I formed such an attachment to that man that while I was playing out the storyline, I'm not going to say what happens. It's been a couple of years, but I'm still not, I don't like spoiling things. But I got so invested in this character that my family started to like get invested as well. I would be sobbing at some point because something in the storyline had happened. And my mom, the one time came up to me and she was like, Danny, what's happened to Arthur? Is he okay? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> So my my like comfort character is definitely Arthur Morgan, hands down. Have you had a chance to play The Last of Us? Did your mom come up to you when something happened to Joel in the game that we won't spoil? <laughs> so I haven't actually played The Last of Us at all. But breaking my heart here, Daniela, you're breaking my heart here. <laughs> there's a list of games that I know I should be playing and I do want to play and I just haven't. 
and that Last of Us is definitely on it. Like the characters in that seem so beautifully written and so well done as well. The voice actors for that seem beautiful. Like I definitely want to play it. And when I do, <laughs> I'll call you up crying <laughs> because whatever happens to will will directly affect me <laughs> and I will be Ash and I will be there for you and your family in that time. But uh, I also want to say that um, Ash, you and I should uh, start a petition to get uh, Daniela to do a cosplay for Ellie as soon as she's done playing the game. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I, I think it would be. Do you have a favorite game? You probably do. Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> <laughs> I will recommend that game to people until the day I die. I don't even care how many years has passed. <laughs> I don't know what games could possibly have come out. I will always, I'll be old and frail on my deathbed, telling people to play Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I would say that you are a woman of culture. <laughs> if you could get into the animus would you i would i would no hesitation i would i enjoyed i think the first assassin's creed which was like the really long one with altair and then like you're just figuring out what happens and you get to the end and it's like a massive like shit hits the fan and you don't understand what's going on but it happens and i think that yeah. assassin's creed since then has sort of moved away from that sort of arc that you get towards the end of the game, but I could be wrong. What's your favorite Assassin's Creed game? My favorite Assassin's Creed game, I feel I don't know if I'm like contractually obliged to say either Odyssey or Valhalla. I was just about to say Ash, you can't say anything. <laughs> honestly, my the one for some reason, and I don't know why, the game that always sticks in my mind is Revelations. I don't know what it is about Revelations. But to me, that game just felt like such a masterpiece. The characters, this, I don't know. It was sort of like a love letter to Ezio and his story, just to like get his arc going to like, okay, he is Ezio, but he's getting old now. And I think it's something that the fans need to come to, to terms with, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I really loved the fact that we got to experience an assassin as they got older, because we, we grew up with Ezio essentially. And to see him slow down, get older, I don't know, there was just something so... Uh, it was very well done on Ubisoft's part. Also, we got hook blades, so that was fun. Matt, do you remember Assassin's Creed Revelations? I do, but I have to say, if I had to pick out my favorite, I don't know, this might be a bit of a controversy, but um, Syndicate for me, uh, Jacob Fry, that was probably my, my favorite game playing Syndicate in London. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that, Daniela? <laughs> Syndicate was a good game. I, I see no no problem with that being someone's favorite game. I, I, I really don't... And once again, I might get flack for this, but like, I don't I don't think there's... There's games that you should feel ashamed of playing or like, oh, it wasn't as good as the Ezio trilogy or that kind of thing. Like, I think if you identify with the characters that you're playing as and you love that, whatever's happening in that game, it's completely good enough. And that was a, that was a very fun to play as. Evie and Jacob was, for me, I loved Evie. Yep. Absolutely loved Evie. Yeah. She was amazing. I enjoyed that game, yeah. Ash, do you have a favorite Assassin's Creed? I think all of the Assassin's Creeds up until the third one. Afterwards, it just got to like a weird spot where the the initial story that was written out with like the, the present day weird things that's going on and the cults and secret societies was built up to a point and then just sort of like fell apart after Desmond, some people did 
have the connection to this one. <laughs> <laughs> but after like the after that arc just just stopped. I think it lost momentum that it built. Mm. I, I I do agree with you. I can see where you're coming from. That's but then again I wasn't yeah, I don't know. I, I just I was more invented in the historical side of things. Assassin's Creed was the best history teacher that I ever had. And if the very odd chance that my history teacher is listening to this, I'm sorry, it had to be said. Facts are facts. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that going forward, maybe we're going to see gaming get into a place where we're going to learn a lot more and it'll be used as a tool to educate as well. I think that um, it's definitely something that I would like to see happening. And I think it is happening in, in like a small scale with like crossword puzzles and like word searches and stuff. But yeah, I'd like to see something happening in that side. I don't know the exact specifics, but on that topic, I think Ubisoft, because they have that you know historical presence, I think they've actually started implementing some of it in schools. They have, I think it's, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's, it's basically an interactive historical kind of thing where they do use those maps. So let's say, for example, Odyssey takes place in ancient Greece and they do allow that they have a special thing for schools to go through, meet different historical figures during that time. So I think we're actually on the road for gaming, you know, becoming integrated in school. That's something I wish we had had, <laughs> but I'm very excited for like a future generation. And I think I actually did read something somewhere about Red Dead Redemption 2 being used in a university syllabus somewhere, which is also pretty cool. No, that is extremely cool. If you had to make a game, what would you make? Psycho Armadillo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yo, I actually, I actually have no idea. It, not to hop onto Actually, if you think about it, all the games I've mentioned so far have been historical games. Or fantasy, if we're looking at The Witcher 3 as well. It would definitely either be fantasy or historical setting. I have no idea of the specifics because for some reason I've never thought about this question. Not to put you on the spot or anything. But it would definitely be open world role playing. My absolute favorite genre, open world role playing. Again, it's just like everything that you've been saying this whole episode, I've been agreeing with completely. Except for for the Desmond part, that we're not going to speak about that. But have you tried Ghost of Tsushima? Have you played no, that? I haven't. I'm sorry I keep shooting down these games. <laughs> I haven't. I think you would make a, a killer cosplay if that was ever an option. But if you're in the market for a feudal Japanese samurai mm. adventure, definitely Ghost of Tsushima. I will be putting that down on my list of games today because it, it honestly, from what I've seen, I haven't seen much of it because I just haven't looked for it, but it looks beautiful and it looks, it actually looks exactly like what I want in, in a game. So I will give it a shot and The Last of Us. As you, as you can um, hear, Daniela, part of the conversation we're having with you is just ideas for cosplay. <laughs> ideas that we think you would be great for. <laughs> I'll take suggestions. <laughs> But we're speaking about Ubisoft. Have you played uh, Watch Dogs Legion yet? No, I haven't actually. I haven't played Watch Dogs Legion. And although I am looking forward to playing the new Far Cry. Yes, I was about to ask you that as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the new Far Cry, especially considering one of the characters has my name in it, Danny. 
So I'm quite pumped about that. There's a Danny supremacy that I believe in. So I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. But I haven't, I haven't played any Watch Dogs actually at all. Any of them, not even the first one. I just haven't played them. <laughs> Hurtful. I'm very hurt right now. <laughs> um, but it, you know, you you with Ubisoft, your brand ambassador. Can you give us, or if you have any inside scoop on the next Assassin's Creed game, by any chance? Can you say? I do not have any information currently, <laughs> but I usually I will say that I usually do find things out in advance, especially if I'm I'm pursuing a contract with them for that game. But I am very fortunate to know a few things in advance. But right now pretty quiet on the front i'm not going to lie okay so i know that you are a a big fan of history if you could pick an era that wasn't explored by the assassin's creed universe which would it be and why oh this sucks because like it's so close to the one that i would love to explore and it's i love ancient rome i love roman stuff so ancient greece is pretty much the exact same they were almost the same but I'd love to do ancient Rome. That does sound very cool. I'm just like picturing like you're responsible for the collapse of the Roman Empire, but maybe that's <laughs> going a bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, that would actually be so much fun though for a game. I'm just thinking about that now. <laughs> Collapsing the Roman Empire. But yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know. I think I have Roman blood in me somewhere down the line because my Italian side, but I don't know. There's just something about ancient Rome. I think it's so cool. It could also be the armor. I do like armor a lot. The animus is coming into play now. And I think that if there is ever real life animus that does get created, maybe Elon Musk is listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I think you might just get your, your chance to get to Rome. But I think it's time for us to play a game right now. Mav, are you up for it? I'm ready. Okay, so Daniela, we're going to play a, a game called The New Brush. Now, there's a level one and a level two. Level one is pretty straightforward. It's a, a this or that, and you get two options. And yeah, then we get to level two, where you're going to tell us the first thing that pops into your head. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, are you pumped? Are you ready? Are you, I think you might need to do some stretching, some light warm-up exercises. If I just like have a four four error in my head at any point, please excuse me. All right, cool. Um, I, this is the easy one, so so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. DC or Marvel? Whoa. DC. Wonder Woman or Cassandra? Damn it. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Watch Dogs or Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed. PlayStation or Xbox? Am I allowed to say PC? Yes, you are. <laughs> that should have been an option. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I just pulled the Henry Cavill, but sorry. Uh, I was born and raised on a PC, and I will die that way probably. Last one. The Witcher game or series? The game. That's it. That's level one. I, I hope that wasn't too hard. <laughs> no. So some of the things I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Ash, <laughs> you're up. Hey, Daniela, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Wonder Woman's lasso. Truth. It's your favorite. 
<laughs> Free to play. Accessible. PlayStation 6. Expensive. <laughs> Lastly, Nubology. Super dank. Alright, you have passed level 2 of flying colors. Uh, you got an S rating. And yeah, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> it, it's been an absolute pleasure. Call us up when you finish The Last of Us. And we can't wait for The Last of Us cosplay, please, when you can. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will definitely let you know. And also, yeah, I'll let you know. I'm, I, will, I will make it a priority, I promise. Sweet. It's been nothing but a pleasure. And if any of our fans out there want to just find out more about you or perhaps get in touch, where can we find you? So I'm pretty much the same name across all of the platforms, which is Psychedelo. So you can find me on Instagram and you can find me on YouTube. Yeah, I have all my console stuff on there. I have some gaming stuff. I have pretty much my whole portfolio there. If you're into anything, you might just find it in my account. Thank you so much, Daniela. You've been nothing but a pleasure. It's so nice to hear about your world and we cannot wait to see the future. Uh, cosplay that you come up with. Oh, thank you. It's, it's been so great chatting to people again. It feels like I'm almost at a convention. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple iTunes. And until the next episode, we'll see you then.